Today's episode of Chatting with Chicken is with Dan Nitro Clark of American Gladiators and Hollywood fame. He's also a former NFL player, a two-time book author, and the leader of the Gladiator Way. It is now time to serve up the tastiest chicken in Ohio, with locations all over and one coming to North Olmstead very, very soon. Raisin Cane's, it doesn't matter if you have the appetite for a box combo, sandwich, or the big one, the Caniac Combo. They have you covered with the best fingers and sauce in town. Check them out today, Raising Canes. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get Dan Nitro Clark to the show. Welcome in to Chatting with Chicken. I'm your host, Vince McKee. Today, a staple of the 90s. We remember him, we love him. It is Dan Nitro Clark of the famous American Gladiators. He is here to kick off Chatting with Chicken, this season's newest explosion to Keon Sports. And today, we're going to go ahead, we're going to eat some chicken fingers, dip it in the world's greatest sauce, and you know it, extra garlic bread every single time. And for you coleslaw lovers, well, we have that too. Sit back, put your feet up. Up next, Dan Nitro Clark. Hi, everyone, and welcome back in here to the uh, inaugural edition of Chatting with Chicken. I am your host, Vince McKee. As we said in the opening, a very special guest today, a staple of my childhood, and really anybody in their 30s would, would tell you the same thing right about now, staple of all of our childhoods. It was one of the most popular shows that there was. We remember the WWE and the WCW and even Roller Derby, but there was a thing every Saturday night that was 100% legit. No Hollywood touch even needed. They, they put a little bit in there, but it was 100% legitimate. It was called the American Gladiators. And I know myself and my brother and a lot of us my age would play it in, you know, in the backyard and in our living rooms, knocking over lamps, trying to do the assault and the joust. It was like, it really was like the Olympic Gladiators uh, on, a, on a television show. I guess is the best way I could describe it. We all remember Zap and Laser and Turbo. Um, our guest today, though, really easily the most popular American gladiator there ever was, Dan Nitro Clark. In front of me, I got a big old thing of garlic bread, like I said, some coleslaw, uh, my, my Caniac combo. It's just, it's so good. I can't think of a better thing to eat for lunch than Raisin Cane. So now we got the American gladiators, we got Dan Nitro Clark, and we got Raisin Cane. So really three of my favorite things right here in front of me. And guys, as you know, high school football starts this weekend as well. So the, the, the majority of our guests on this show for, with, with Chatting with Chicken normally is going to be high school athletes, high school coaches. But when we have a chance today to kick it off with a guest as big as Dan Nitro Clark, absolutely had to do it. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to wipe this sauce from my chin here. Ooh, God, it's so good. I could just swim in it. And I'm going to put this aside for two minutes because now, without any further ado, let's get him in here. Dan Nitro Clark. Everybody gets a Raising Cane's. Eat up and enjoy the show. Now, all right, on the line with us now, Dan Nitro Clark. Dan, how are you this beautiful afternoon? Hey, Vince, I'm doing great. I'm in Southern California. I'm actually uh, flying the coop out here and uh, heading to the beach. Uh, there's a dog beach here that we can bring your dog off the beach. So I'm driving an hour to give my dog a play date with the beach. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. That's something I wish I could do today. Um, so I, I want to get started with you because a lot of people know you as the American Gladiator, but you know, you've done so much more than that. And I kind of wanted to highlight those things today. So I wanted to ask you, you know, growing up playing football, 
Who were some of the players that you looked up to? Well, I grew up in Minnesota. I lived with my aunt, my uncle. My dad was off in Vietnam working. Uh, this was uh, obviously when, uh, years and years ago. So the Minnesota Vikings were the team, and they had, uh, I'm aging myself here, but they had the purple people ears. Fran Tarkinen was the original Patrick Mahomes scrambling quarterback. Uh, then they had a few guys on defense, Carl Page, Carl Eller, Alan Page, uh, and a few other guys that I really, really looked up to. Um, and it's ironic, when the American Gladiators pilot shot that never aired, Fran Tarkington was the host, so everything came full circle. Oh, yeah, that's pretty incredible. We had a guest a few weeks ago, Ken Resnick, who is a, uh, a famous wrestling announcer, grew up in Minnesota, kind of named all the same guys you did there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings, actually in the 70s, they went to four Super Bowls. A lot of people don't realize that. Even though they lost all four, they kept getting there. They were, they were definitely a force for a while there. So now for you, though, you ended up going to San Jose State University. What was the, uh, what was the reasoning behind going to San Jose State? Oh, I went out of high school. I wasn't a highly touted pick, and it was a completely different system back in the 80s. They didn't have internet, they didn't have social media, and it was hard to get seen. So I came from a school that never had anybody play D1 ball. And football was something I did because sports were the first way that I found to feel good about myself, where I got a pat on the back, where somewhere a coach said, hey, Clark, good job. And that feeling was infectious, and I wanted to feel that more. So to get that feeling, I, I, I really worked hard in football. So going to San Jose State after I, I went to a JUCO, uh, junior college, they were one of the places that picked me. They were a top 20 team in the country. John Elway's dad, the late Jack Elway, was the coach. And I wanted to play somewhere where I could get playing time. And the Pac-10, Pac-12, uh, Pac-10 wasn't recruiting me, so I figured the best way to do that is get in through the side door, go to a little bit of a smaller football school that was still in the top 20. So then, you know, following college, though, obviously it went pretty well for you because you get picked up. Um, you actually you signed with the Rams after the draft, so you spent a little bit of time in uh, Los Angeles because this was before they moved to St. Louis, and obviously they're back in L.A. now. But a little bit of time with the Rams – even though it was a short stint, what did that stint with the Rams teach you about life in general and also what life would have been like in the NFL had you gone down that path? Well, I actually went and played in Europe for a year first. I played for an Italian team, and that was a you know, playing for pizza. It was a crazy, fantastic, fun experience where I lived in a foreign country, played a game I loved, got paid decently. Uh, and was the star of the team with one of my college guys, uh, Bobby Frasco, uh, who played at San Jose State as well. So then I came back and I played for the Rams. You know what it, it taught me is that you can work as hard as you can, and sometimes you still don't reach your dreams. But don't give up. There are other dreams and possibilities that are in front of you to still build your self-esteem, to have confidence, and to still live a happy, fulfilled life. You know, oh, it makes a ton of sense, and that's something I tell people all the time. 
You know, it, it, it's it's an old saying. Some people say it's kind of corny, a little bit cliche, but it's very true. You know, God doesn't open or God doesn't close one door without opening up the next door. And sometimes you just have to look for that. And sometimes that door just kind of comes open and hits you in the face until you realize it. You know, so for you moving on from, you know, professional football. Let me say this. It really taught me to get back up. Get back up. Keep redefining your life. Get back up. Get back up. I got injured. I tore a hamstring uh, in college my senior year when I was a, you know, Sports Illustrated preseason, you know, uh, one of those like an honorable mention All-American at the scouts coming out. So that injury just taught me that, you know, focus on what you can control. And then when something's gone, refocus, use the same principles of success, hard work, determination, um, self-belief, find processes that work, and you apply those to other areas in your life. And, you know, now I, I coach people on those same processes, the Gladiator Way coaching program. It's the same exact process. And I help a lot of people get back up, get unstuck, so they can reach their best possible selves. And, and that's an excellent way to live it and, and think, you know, and we're going to be talking about that Gladiator Way here in a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, you know, who approached you to be a part of American Gladiators and who came up with the name Nitro? Uh, I had an agent. So when I uh, when the football dream died, I moved up to Hollywood uh, and chased another dream. And that was to find some type of career in the entertainment industry. Uh, and I was a unique fit. I was a unique fit. You know, I didn't fit in. Uh, I didn't go to Juilliard. I didn't want to grow up being an actor. But I felt like I had something inside me, a certain je ne sais quoi, whatever you call that. And I, I wanted to pursue a dream, so I took a leap. I moved to Hollywood. And the Gladiators was unique because they wanted athletes who were also good in front of the camera. It wasn't like, okay, you're going to go do Shakespeare, you're going to put all this stuff. I said, I can do that. I can do that. So based upon that belief, I went out for it. Uh, the agent sent me on it. And, you know, the rest is uh, uh, Gladiator lore, history. So, you know, it's funny to me now because when people go back and watch some of the episodes, they had some of the, um, the fake people in the crowd. And here we are with MLB, Major League Baseball, using that same concept with, with a few fake, cut, you know, cardboard cutouts. I just think it's kind of unique because you guys really, like, you can never tell unless you look closely enough. To me, watching it, it was, it was that entertaining. I loved every second of it. How many episodes would you film in a normal day? Well, let me go back to the fake crowd that we had. So originally, the first couple of years of American Gladiators, we were at Universal Studios. Right. And we were part of the tour. So people would be coming to see Jaws, E.T., you know, whatever the rides were on that tour, and all of a sudden, they would dump them in at the American Gladiators soundstage. And these were kids from all over the country, and Gladiators wasn't on TV yet. And since it wasn't a known phenomenon, like it was later, where you know, it was hard to get a ticket, people would come in and like, what is this? And they would leave. And then when they would show the audience, it would be empty. There would be nobody in the stand. So halfway through that first season, they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to paint people's faces on these cardboard backdrops. So that's only like in the first season. After that, it became one of the hardest tickets to uh, get in Hollywood. Yeah, and I just thought that was hilarious because, 
I watched it. I think I, I don't I don't think I ever missed an episode. Watched every episode, loved every second of it. And I didn't even catch that until years later when I saw the DVD. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. You know what I mean? Like it really caught me off guard. But how many, you know, in a normal day, and I'm sure this would change throughout the years if there was injuries or different things going on. Um, but how many episodes a day would you guys film? We would film two episodes a day on Gladiators and and it wasn't filmed consecutively. It wasn't like, you know, here we're doing uh, event number one, event number two, and three. It wasn't fil- filmed in chronological order. What we would do is we would put out the joust, and we would do 18 joust shots for eight, for the 18 different shows. Oh, wow. Then they would, well, because you have to bring the whole set in and out. Yeah. It, yeah. Wasn't, like, it wasn't like the, the, it wasn't like an amusement park where all the rides are out. So you saw the joust, they had to tear that set down, bring something in. Which is another reason it was a hard show to watch, because whenever people watch live TV, it takes time to build those sets. So sometimes you're waiting 30, 40 minutes in between events. But typically, we'll try to get through two shows a day. You know, a lot of us know about Wesley, Two Scoops Barry, Mark Ortega, Kathy Malika, uh, Daryl Gola, Rico Constantino, who ended up being a, a WWE wrestler, you know, to me, all famous names, the ones I remember the most. For you, as a gladiator, having to go against some of these guys, who was, you know, some of the toughest opponents you ever had filming that show? You know, anybody who had the courage to show up, to go out and follow their dream, was someone worth being reckoned with. Because when you're fueled with passion, when you're fueled with the possibility of what you could be, Anybody is dangerous. Anybody can win. So try to give respect to everybody. If there's one guy that I remember, just because he reached out to me recently on Facebook, was uh, a guy named Eldon Kidd. Yeah. Eldon Kidd was a big cowboy, about 245, 250. He would smile at you, and then on next thing you know, he was a dirty player, and he would throw an elbow at you. <laughs> so yeah. I remember him. And I also remember Craig Branham. Craig Branham is the only time. It was season one. Uh, it's the only time actually where I've been knocked out, where I've been slightly unconscious. Uh, it was playing Powerball, and he lowered his shoulder right when I went to tackle him. At the same time, Big Mike Gemini Horton jumped on his back and hit him from behind. So Big Mike was 260, Craig was 240, so I had that much weight smashing towards me. His elbow hit my temple, and I saw birds, and I wobbled like... Uh, like uh, being punched by Tyson. So I remember Craig very well as well. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And the Elvin Kidd and Craig are both on the, the DVD from season one and two that came out. Um, just want to remind our fans again, this interview today brought to you by Raising Cane's Chatting with Chicken here at Keon Sports. Our guest today, Dan Nitro-Clark. You mentioned his name there, Gemini. One of the best events I recall is, is Gemini um, against Daryl Golar, in the, you know, the it was the Breakthrough and Conquer in that Conquer ring. That was, uh, when when those two finally collided, it was the best of the best. For you personally, though, what was your favorite event? Which one did you like the most, and which one did you dread having to do? I'm glad you brought up Daryl Golar. Daryl Golar has been a friend of mine for the last 25, 30 years. Daryl was a Olympic wrestler. Yep. So the guy had wrestling skills, and later on, Daryl and I wrote a few movie scripts together. Um, one that I got picked up by Spielberg's company. And on top of that, Daryl, when UFC first started to take off, Daryl, they recruited Daryl to go to Brazil 
and teach the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys American wrestling. So he lived on the beach for five years. Daryl's one of my uh, good friends and favorite guys. I wish him well if he hears this. He had a stroke recently uh, about a year and a half ago, so I know he's fighting back for his health. Uh, favorite event? You know, my favorite event was doing publicity. <laughs> I'm a ham. I love the camera. I love when we travel. I love going on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Regis and Kathy. If I had to say a favorite event, it was publicity. You know, I got to tell you, too, as we're you know, moving on a little bit past Gladiators, I have to say, you know, you had many television roles following American Gladiators, one of which was on the Ellen Show. And I'm going to tell you this flat out for our listeners at home. I watched one episode ever of the Ellen Show, and that, that was because they were going to have an American Gladiator, Gladiator on it. That's how popular, you know, it, the whole thing was. So, but, but not just her show. Let me see here. We have, you know, just one after another, the popularity continued to grow. What was it like as you were doing, you know, more and more Hollywood-based stuff after that, after the Gladiators was kind of wrapping up? Did you get a taste for it? Did I get a taste for uh Like, you like the itch to do more of it. Yeah, I always had an itch to, to do more, to be more than I, you know, I guess I, you could say I was predestined to be. But there's a, I have a tremendous curiosity. I still have that today. You know, what is this? Who is this? And I'm tremendously interested in people. I love people. Well, I, had a, I had a business for 10 years. Uh, I put on obstacle adventure races across the country, the Gladiator Rock and Run. And I would go to different places, and one of my favorite things was scouting locations where I would go to a motocross stadium. I would go to a farm that we had to rent, and I would talk to the farmer, and I would get to see the rest of America and understand the rest of America. Uh, as far as Hollywood goes, you know, it's a, um, if, if you go to Hollywood to be famous, it's going to be a disappointing journey because fame is, for most cases, is fleeting. Uh, I think you have to have a bigger purpose, you know, to entertain, to lift people up, to uh, bring stories forward about, you know, uh, the human condition. When you go with those things and you're not looking only for fame, I think you have a lot better run in Hollywood. I, I had a great run. I, I still live there. I still enjoy it. But I don't enjoy the what I call the game of Hollywood, you know, the auditioning, you know, and, and that stuff. Uh, it just, it's not, it's not for me anymore. It hasn't been for a long time, but every once in a while, someone will come to me with something that sounds interesting. Uh, right now they're developing my first book over at the company who did Batman and uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, in, they're trying to do my first book, Gladiator. They're trying to develop that into a, uh, movie or a uh, limited series like some you see on Netflix like it did for Motley Crue. Well, that's incredible, Dan, because in that one question alone, you managed to answer two other questions that I had for you. So I thank you for that. I was going to ask you about the Gladiator Rock and Run. You covered that. I appreciate it. And then towards the tail end, you mentioned um, one, another one of my questions. Uh, as an author, a reader, I, I read all the time. I love to read books. Um, and nothing better than reading books about your hero when you were a kid. So for you, you know, I've read the book, but I want you to tell other people about it. If a reader picks up a copy of Gladiator, the true story of Roids, Rage, and Redemption, what will they learn about you? I, I think more than just about me, they're going to learn about the life journey. They're going to learn about how to get back up, how to keep fighting. They're going to learn how to 
learn to walk towards a place you want to go in life. Um, they're going to learn how to look for happiness, find fulfillment. And it's not always dressed up in, you know, spandex and uh, shiny bright objects. So it's a real book about gladiators of the backdrop, but it's a book about finding, you know, happiness and meaning uh, in life. And in my second book, F Dying, you know, I just got an Instagram thing from a guy yesterday, and I get these like every few days from my books. And, you know, as an author who writes, and I'm writing a third book, it's always helpful. It's always motivating. It always feels amazing when someone takes the time to reach out to you to say, hey, that book changed my life. Hey, that book, you know, made a difference. Thank you for writing that. I understand it. You've helped me understand life. You've helped me grow. So if you have an author, if you listen to this, there's an author you like, not necessarily me. There's somebody you like, you've read their book. Go find them on social media. Go find their email and just drop them a quick note. No matter how famous, no matter how big they are, I promise you, it makes a difference. It gives people the courage to continue doing what they're doing. Because no matter how famous somebody is, and I've worked with people from you know gold medalists to movie stars to billionaires, there's, there's doubt in everybody's mind. And when you take that moment just to say, hey, man, I love your work. Hey, man, I read your book. Hey, man, I saw your movie. Hey, man, you know, I, I, I used your company and just want to say thank you. It, it, it lets people breathe more life into their dream. Yes. Uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. And if I could be so bold to step in for a brief moment here, I tell my wife, Emily, all the time, you know, when, you know, here we do at Keon Sports, we cover a lot of high school sports. And when we get a message from a parent of a player thanking us for covering their kid or writing an article about them or, or the team they play for, there's no better feeling. There really, truly isn't. You know, when it comes to that, and like and like Dan just said, guys, listen to what Dan just told you again. Take that that thirty seconds or that forty five seconds or even two minutes. Take that time and and reach out to some of these people who you you know who have touched your life, and they'll never know that unless you tell them. And and that's the honest to God truth. I would encourage everybody to do that. Cause and I'm not famous. I'm not even going to pretend to be famous, but I know how it feels, and it feels pretty amazing. Now. Kind of wrapping things up, I have a few more questions for you, and I thank you again for taking the time today. You touched on it again, and it's almost like you have my questions in front of you because you brought it up. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, very, very inspirational, extremely inspirational. In 2013, you wrote a book following your heart attack called F Dying. What can you tell us about that? And obviously, I know what the inspiration was, but what can you share with our fans about F Dying? So I had a heart attack back in 2013. In one moment, I got the answers to life. And that was the moment I thought I was going to die. I was in the hospital after a heart attack. I had chest pain for a couple hours. I, they rushed me over to an ambulance. I'm in front of the cardiologist. And I asked that cardiologist, you know, I, I, I have chest pain. I'm grasping my chest. He's running all these tests on me. And I, I, I want the truth. So I just asked him, I said, look, I said, am I going to die? And in the back of my mind, I was hoping for him to say, no, you know, we're not going to let a gladiator die. We've never lost anybody, you know, not on my account. And he said, I don't know. He said, we have to get you to surgery to check how much damage is done to your heart. And then he left the room. In that time, it took for them to bring me to surgery, 20 minutes, I did a inventory 
on what was important in my life. And at that time, it was only one thing. And that was to have the people close to me that I loved and to have those people know that I loved them. You know, nothing else mattered. And based upon that, I rebuilt my life. Instead of chasing a third house, instead of chasing a, another German car, I wanted to invest what would, into what would be important to me at that moment. And over the next two years, I did a deep dive on, uh, on happiness, on fulfillment. I looked into religion, philosophy, sociology, all on the back of the work I've been doing for the last 25 years. And I came up with things that were important and how I wanted to live my life moving forward. And that's what the book is. It takes you through the journey of the heart attack and, and through the journey of going through life and discovering what's important. And the reason I wrote the book is a way to remember, because too often we say, oh, uh, like after you get a speeding ticket, I'm never speeding again, I'm never speeding, I'm never speeding. And three weeks later, you're going a little faster. Six weeks later, you're speeding again. And I didn't want to speed through my life again, not remembering what was important to me, you know, about, about gratitude, about not being a someday guy, about the simple moments of human beauty and truth. So I had to put in a book as a way to remember. And then I started to speak about it, and I got such tremendous feedback. I had a, did a TED Talk, uh, um, had over half a million views, that I decided to put it in a book format so it could reach and help more people. You know, I want to uh, wrap it up today. One last question for you, because this means a lot to me uh, personally. You know, as somebody who covers sports and goes, you know, wants to go outside every single day and, and do something in the yard and, and go out and be around the public, um, the pandemic for me has been, it, it's been tough. Um, I can't wait until Friday, Friday afternoon or evening, high school football starts again. And it, it, it's going to, at least for me, is going to feel like the first time that I'm 100% back to normal in a very, very long time. One of the things that has helped me get through this is the gladiator way. And guys, I'm going to have Dan plug all of his social media outlets here in a second because I want everybody to know about the Gladiator way um, on, on, on Facebook. He does these videos. Um, it's just incredible. If you, you know, five things, I'm, five things I'm grateful for today, things like that, they are incredible. I would encourage everybody to go out and check that out. Dan, what is the Gladiator way and what do fans need to know about it and how will it help them? So let me first say that a heart attack is like a pandemic. When you have a heart attack or a life-shifting event, there becomes a new normal, and you'll never look at the world the same way. So it's about learning lessons uh, and focusing on the things that you can control, releasing the things you can't. And those things that you can control, how do you get better? How do you be in this present moment and not worry so much about the future? If you're stuck right now, if you're unemployed, if this has got you down, how do you get back up? All of these things I talk about in On the Gladiator Way, best practices, principles, how to get back up, how to find happiness, joy, fulfillment. And these are things I coach people on, and these are things that I've used in my own life that have proven over time to work. So in Gladiator Way on Facebook, I, I do it every morning, and there's also a coaching program that I do. Um, and that's what it teaches. It teaches you to get unstuck because I feel like we got one shot at this, and I don't think people, a lot of people are living up to their potential. You just know that you've got more inside of you. You've got know that you've got more you can give, do, and be. But you sometimes get a little stuck, and you can't find out how to release that. 
the gladiator way teaches you how to rise up into your purpose, your potential, and your power. Well said. The way you just described it is 100% the way it is for me as a fan of it, uh, somebody who's used it. And I'm telling you, you, you start your day with those five things you're grateful for. And trust me, you know, keep those with you all day long. Dan, we want to thank you again. This was a thrill, uh, you know, not only for me as a journalist, but for me, you know, I'll, I'll just come out and I'll say it as a fan of yours for many, many years. You know, when, when you could mix both worlds together as a fan and a journalist, there really is nothing better. For everybody out there who has listened to this interview, they're going to go check out Raising Canes. They're going to be eating their chicken. And when they do, where can they find you on social media? How can they get to know more about you all over social media? Uh, you know, plug away, whatever you need to. Hey, Vince. Um, I'm, I'm easy to find. Dan Nitro Clark. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Website is dannitroclark.net. I'm easy to find. So what I want to do, Vince, is for your listeners, the first person that reaches out to me on social media, Instagram, in my DM, or on Facebook in my DM, and says, I heard you on Vince, I'm going to send out a signed free copy of my uh, latest book, F Dying to Them. So I'll be looking for you guys to do that. I want to contribute, give back, uh, give me a shout, and I uh, look forward to hearing from you. That's awesome. I appreciate you doing that very much. Our fans appreciate that. Dan, I want you to have a good day at the beach with your dog. Enjoy every second of it, and we'll, we'll talk to you real soon, and, and thank you again, sir. Yeah, I would say I'm living the dream, but I'm, instead I'm saying I'm designing my days to live a dream-like life. <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate it. That's perfect. Thank you. So, guys, you heard him. The first person to reach out to him at, uh, you know, like you said, all the social media is there. Dan Nitro Clark on Facebook. Reach out to him. Tell him that you heard about him, heard the interview, listened to the interview with Keon Sports, chatting with Chicken, and he's going to send you an autographed book. Guys, that is awesome. You know, I, I wish I wasn't the host of the show or else I would do it. Who doesn't want an autographed book, right? And I'll tell you what, not only that, but who doesn't want some chicken? Oh, my God. My wife, Emily, just brought me down another plate of this. I don't think she wants me to get out of this chair today. Um, I'm going to be, I need my gladiator away because I'm going to have to go work out intensely after this one. But the chicken at Raising Cane's is so good, and we cannot be happier about our newest partnership with Raising Cane's. We want to thank our guest today, Dan Nitro Clark, for coming in, telling us a little bit about all of his books, his, his adventures, um, you know, the, the Gladiator Rock and Run, the Gladiator Way, uh, bouncing back from the heart attack, and everything he has done. We couldn't be any more appreciative than we are. So, again, reach out to him on Facebook at Dan Nitro Clark. Hey, you might get a signed autograph book if you're the first one to do it. And, guys, one last final thing as I just wipe even more of this sauce off my face. Oh, my – this – this I'll tell you what. This cane sauce, I really think you could put it on anything and it would taste amazing. But I want to remind you guys, right now there are seven phenomenal Raising Canes all over Ohio – with an eighth opening up real soon, right up the street, really, for me and Emily here. It is in North Olmsted. That's going to be opening up on September 14th. Make sure you check that out. You don't want to miss it. I always go to the one on Center Ridge and Rocky River every Wednesday night. It's my happy place, no doubt about it. Guys, one last time, please go out, check them out today. It is Chatting with Chicken, brought to you by Raising Canes. Thanking our guest, Dan Nitro Clark. Everybody have a great night.
This has been a Keon Sports production.